Bankless Nation, it is Thursday, January 11th. And the reason I give that day is it's an absolutely momentous day. The Bitcoin spot ETFs just got approved. This happened yesterday and the markets went live with many of these ETFs today. Uh, we brought on Eric Balchunas, who I'm about to introduce and, and talk to. As you'll know, he's one of the main analysts, ETF analysts, who've been predicting the spot Bitcoin ETF and updating the bankless community about where it is in the process. And he, I think, quite accurately predicted, he said many, many months ago that with a 95% certainty, we would have a Bitcoin spot ETF in January. And indeed, now we do. So I grabbed some of his time. He's on the circuit today talking to uh, many different organizations, but I want to get a market reaction on uh, the ETF, how it's doing so far, check on volumes. Also want to talk to him about which products might be winning and uh, like whether they're meeting expectations or not and all of the other details that have come in last minute. So I'm going to get with Eric. We're going to have that conversation, keep you updated on the latest with the Bitcoin spot ETF and celebrate this momentous occasion in just a minute. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible, including our number one recommended crypto exchange. That's Kraken. Go check them out. Kraken knows crypto. Kraken's been in the crypto game for over a decade, and as one of the largest and most trusted exchanges in the industry, Kraken is on the journey with all of us to see what crypto can be. Human history is a story of progress. It's part of us, hardwired. We're designed to seek change everywhere, to improve, to strive. And if anything can be improved, why not finance? Crypto is a financial system designed with the modern world in mind. Instant permissionless and 24 seven. It's not perfect and nothing ever will be perfect, but crypto is a world changing technology at a time when the world needs it the most. That's the Kraken mission to accelerate the global adoption of cryptocurrency so that you and the rest of the world can achieve financial freedom and inclusion. Head on over to kraken.com slash bankless to see what crypto can be. Not investment advice. Crypto trading involves risk of loss. Cryptocurrency services are provided to US and US territory customers by Payward Ventures Eek, PVI doing business as Kraken. Are you launching a token? Is it already live? How are you managing the legal and tax for providing token awards for your team. Toku simplifies everything about managing token grant compensation, and you can get started with them for free. You'll have access to top-notch legal and tax support to handle the distribution and management of tokens for your team. Toku caters to every step in the process, from user-friendly legal templates for granting tokens to tracking vesting periods and calculating withholding taxes. Toku understands every grant structure, token purchase agreements, restricted token awards, restricted token units, token options, and all the other ones. Toku is already simplifying this today for leading companies like Protocol Labs, DYDX Foundation, Mina Foundation, and many more. You can learn more about how Toku can help you streamline your token management and get started for free. Visit Toku at toku.com bankless or click the link in the description below. Bankless Station, we have Eric Balchunas here. He is a senior ETF analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. Of course, he has been keeping us informed of the spot Bitcoin ETF. And now here it is. Markets have just gone live. Going to check in on that with him. Eric, how are you doing? Good. Uh, a little tired, running on fumes, but yeah? these are great. These are once in a while situations. Um, so I enjoy the excitement. I've been covering this stuff for a long time and there's long stretches of just normalcy. So the past uh, week in particular has been really exciting, um, but tiring. Yeah, I bet it's tiring. I, how, how does this match for excitement of other ETF launches in, in kind of your career and your history? Um, this one definitely rings with Bitto, which was the futures ETF. Um, but then we've had like, remember when Arc Mania was going on? There was a oh, yeah. lot of, um, that was about a year where Arc was just doing things that were unreal, like supernatural kind of feats. That That's a kind of exciting. And then 
I'm always excited by Vanguard. Uh, I've been covering them for a while. They're almost like a uh, like a slow moving aircraft carrier, so they're not as jumpy or exciting. But what they're the, the size and the sheer mass, I find exciting, and I cover them a lot. So um, there's definitely areas that are exciting, but um, this is really unusual in that it's sort of like two worlds colliding, um, and the, you know obviously a lot of the data. Uh, that we have on the terminal. It's cool. It's interesting to see them up there now and trading. Um, so the first day or two is big. Over the next couple of weeks, though, this will die down. They'll be like the the volume will settle, the excitement will settle. So we're we're kind of we're peaking off. You know, my my engagement on this is probably at the peak. The last two days, it's probably going to start going this way over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. And and your engagement on uh, crypto Twitter is a, you've become, a, I think, a mini celebrity of sorts on crypto Twitter. And that's got to be somewhat unique. You probably don't get that sort of uh, public reaction with um, the Vanguard uh, ETFs. May, may, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I know the crypto community is, is pretty loud, at least on the social media. Oh, yeah. So I went to the Bogleheads conference in uh, like after my book came out a year ago. And um, some people had read the book there. So I will be known in sort of that audience a little bit, but not like this. And they don't, they're not, a lot of those people are not on social media. When it comes to social media, yeah, this audience, very engaged, very um, vocal and creative uh, and funny. Um, so it's fun. I mean, I totally enjoy it. Um, but yeah, there's really nothing to compare this to, to be honest. All right, so so this was a little bit weird. I want to get your take on this. I don't, I don't know if this happened. You were you were on air somewhere or live, but this happened on Tuesday. The SEC's Twitter account appeared to announce that the ETF, the Spot Bitcoin ETF, had been approved. It it turned out that, um, as they said, that their Twitter account was compromised. This is maybe a hacker or some some other uh, person who got into the account and and posted some misinformation. Like, what is up with that? Have you had time to digest that? How bizarre is that to happen at the eleventh hour? Um, really bizarre. Uh, I was ex my initial reaction was it, it's accurate because I again I never thought that particular Twitter handle would be compromised. It just didn't cross my mind. Then um, the, the graphics, you know, I, I maybe I didn't read it close enough. Um, when I go back and read it, I'm like, okay, yeah, it, there's a couple things on there, but kind of look legit at first glance. And I was expecting them to announce everything exactly 24 hours later. So I thought, may, I thought, okay, well, maybe they just want to get ahead of this, drop it as a PR situation, and then do all the, to backfill with the documents later. That way people aren't just like hitting this on their website and crash their website. Like I could see that. And so I was like, all right, it's like an early Christmas present. You know, it's like getting a present on Christmas Eve. Now they're approved. I thought that was the whole plan. So then you find out what happened. Crazy. Um, just ironic, hypocritical a little bit. Cause you know, they're, they're supposed to be into security. And then like uh, the look like the ex security uh, safety people put out that it was, you know, they didn't have, a two-factor identification or a what's that called authentication so i don't know um that's a little egg on the face for them for sure on top of this whole gigantic delay on this stuff and then um uh, you know they have their own issues on that but that was a curveball some people started to go wait a second they're gonna have the fbi investigate this is what they're gonna use as an excuse some people thought gary was so maniacal that he did that on purpose so that he could then reject them and he has and he also had the staff working for three weeks straight you know 
uh, around the clock so he could just go, well, we did imagine? So I, I had to deal with a lot of people who had these theories. Right. And I, I just, I was like, it doesn't make sense. Gary directed all this work. I'm just going to stick the obvious. And it turned out to be right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, of course, uh, spot Bitcoin ETFs were approved uh, the following day, I guess, you know, officially, not by hackers. The the way this was approved was interesting. So there were three commissioners. This is a total of five commissioners who I believe vote on these sorts of uh, decisions. Three were for and two were against. And I'm wondering, did, did you have a chance, Eric, to read some of those statements? So Gensler was in the four camp. Okay, Hester Peirce and another commissioner were in the four camp. There were some other two other commissioners who were in the against camp. Did you read those statements from Gensler and, and Peirce? I mean, from, from my perspective on Gensler's statement was it, it felt like he was really dragged into this kicking and screaming, per, particularly sure. because of the the courts. He mentioned kind of the grayscale uh, court case. But what, what was your take on the statements coming out of uh, the, the commissioners for their individual votes here? Um, you know, they were all on brand. You know, Peirce was on brand. I happen to think like her. Give the people choice. And even Gensler, though, uh, in the approval, hinted at, well, look, if you're going to do it, this is probably the best way, which is what we've been saying all along. If they ban crypto, fine, like outright. But if you're going to let all these exchanges exist and like MicroStrategy stock and like GBTC, um, an ETF would be a more pure deal for something that tracks the price. I mean, it's just a better option. So that's where, as an ETF person, I knew that the whole time. So he kind of like discovered what we all knew for like eight years. Um, and I, I went to the SEC first ever investment management conference uh, about four or five months ago. I was invited there to speak. And I remember um, him speaking at the beginning and he went through all these things like the advisor world, the broker world, crypto, and he had all these ideas for like how to regulate them. And he got to ETFs and he, he didn't really have anything. He's like, good industry, runs well. He didn't have any problems with it. So even he can't find anything wrong with ETFs. So when it was my turn to speak, Gary had left. So I was just speaking to the other people at the SEC and I pulled up GBTC's percent premium, which is all over the place. And then I pulled up the percent premium of the ETFs in Europe, which is like, boom, because yep. the arbitrage. And I said, just you guys should trust the ETF more than you don't trust crypto. <laughs> it sounds like he kind of arrived to that place uh, with the courts nudging. And I'm happy he did. The two anti-votes, I, first of all, I didn't think there'd be a vote. I was slightly wrong. Well, I wasn't wrong. I said there could be, but there could also not be. The two anti-votes is interesting. You'd think Gary would have met with them. I There's a very strong possibility that Gary met with them because they're all on the same team. They're all three Democrats. And they were like, Gary's like, we're doing this. We have to. But you guys write the anti. You can go full-throated with the anti. That way we're on record saying we hate this. Okay? And then because we, we know the other two Republicans are going to vote yes. So I'll have to vote yes. I'll be the swing vote. But at least we'll have – it won't be like some majority thing like we lost our minds. You guys do the no. I don't know if that's true. That would not surprise me at all. Because at the end of the day, this was all baked in. Gary was going to have to vote yes because, he again, he put everybody to work for like two months. Yeah, the uh, the statement that surprised me the most, like you said, Gensler's was on brand, um, felt like his arm was being twisted. Hester Peirce was just like, we should have done this 10 years ago, that we should yeah. be a merit-based uh, regulator. Uh, Crenshaw's um, statement actually you know, kind of surprised me, took me aback a little bit because it was very anti-crypto. Um, and I wonder what the future for, for some of these commissioners is. Obviously, at some point in time, 
uh, Gary's going to vacate the chair. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the dynamics play out because we've got maybe some more ETF products that we want to get out there, Eric, if they'll allow it. I mean, we've got Ether in the future. We'll talk about that in a, in a second. But w one thing I want to talk to you about is how are we doing so far? Tell me about volume. Uh, I know you've got some tweets out this morning and this is emerging in real time, but at the time of recording here, what uh, what does volume look like? And, and benchmark this with uh, historic volumes for other ETF uh, I'm, I'm about to refresh my spreadsheet just for you. I'm gonna give uh, a totally updated numbers here. There's a lot of numbers flying around. So there, this is called the spot Bitcoin ETF race, correct? So if I include just the spot Bitcoin ETFs, uh, if we include GBTC, we get to $2.7 billion traded so far. In volume. That is enormous. If we kill GBTC, because it came over with volume. So, because I track new ETFs all the time. And when a new ETF launches, it has nothing going for it. It's like a little newborn being shoved into the Amazon. So to me, GBTC is not a real new ETF. So I'm really looking at the other 10, and they have $1.5 billion. So... They've already smashed as a group the world record, which was held by Bitto at a billion in the first day of trading volume. The world so record for what? ETFs or just crypto ETFs? No, total. Wow. Bitto had the most volume in the first day, right? At 1 billion. So it's beating like gold 2004 type ETFs? Oh, yeah. Well, keep in mind, a billion wasn't the same back in 2004. If we adjusted for, for sure. inflation, I still think it would be beating it, but gold would have, would look a little stronger. Gold's big claim to fame, GLD rather, was it was the fastest ETF to get to one billion. It did in three days, wow! And that is impressive in two thousand four numbers. But and that was always like the Joe DiMaggio record uh, of of ETFs. That's the guy who had a fifty seven game hitting streak that no one has broken since the baseball player. It's like one of those sports records, like then nobody will break it. And that was that DiMaggio record, but then. Bitto got there in two days. Now we have um, the group is probably going to beat all of those records. The question is, will one of them beat those records? And iShares looks good. Um, we're looking at $566 million. That's over half a billion. So the day's about half over. So we could have a bit of a, oh, I'm sorry. I bit, sorry about that. I'm looking at the wrong number. I bit is at $713 million already. That's the winner so, so far. That it's probably a near lock to pass a billion, probably by two two thirty p.m. Once it passes a billion, it's broken the volume record, and in flows tonight, all of this will probably get converted to flows in the first two days. So my guess is, I give a eighty percent chance that bid I bid breaks Bido's record alone. Throw in the group, you have like a doubling of the breaking of the record. So all good signs. The only caveat to all this is that this volume, I don't know how much of it is like actually like this like uh, unmet demand hmm. that was like, oh my God, I'm buying this versus these issuers lining up their clients and their investors saying, hey, buy our fund on the first day. Um, we'll find the answer to that at over the next couple days and next week in particular, but nothing wrong with lining people up and having a big splash. It's good for everybody. It, you know, The Ether futures were also in my mind because they were total flop. They traded a million or $2 in one, in the, all of them together. So a million or two they traded in one day. And think about this. iShares alone is already at 700 million in a day. 
That's incredible. So this is a, a record smashing ETF launch then for, for Bitcoin. I, I guess yes. Wall Street and these issuers have got to be happy with this performance, right? And um, maybe it's so who's iShares? Who's behind iShares? And how is how, how are some of the big entrants like uh, BlackRock doing, for instance? Well, BlackRock's the one at 713 million. So they are leading. That's oh, black. iShares is BlackRock. Same yeah, time? same okay. thing. iShares is like the um, brand name for their ETFs. BlackRock does other things besides ETFs, but the brand name for their ETFs is iShares. They actually bought that iShares from Barclays, so they didn't make the name. Um, so that Barclays thought of the name iShares. Uh, but if we go to a sword here, I'll tell you who's number two. Um, number two on this is Fidelity. Um, wow. at almost 500 million. So Fidelity could actually break the record of Bitto, but still lose to iShares who breaks all that. So do these, we do, these first, do these first days matter at all? Does this kind of set the precedent usually with ETFs about who's going to win? So is the like the winners of the first three days likely to kind of be the winners five years from now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you it really get a matters. lot. Oh yeah. The first couple days are really important. Um, the only thing I would say that's a caveat to that is that iShares, BlackRock, which is iShares, a couple times they put out ESG ETFs and they, they totally loaded up those ETFs with like a billion or two in the first day. And although the number didn't grow gradually like this, it was more one chunk. And then those didn't do much after. And so I want to see volume the next couple of days uh, to really get an eye of, of, of this. But most of the time, I mean, again, I, there's an art to this. I would say... Uh, the, the the way this day closes will be a great foreshadow for where they all are in a year. Wow. Uh, and, and how about Bitcoin price? So, you know, some have talked about this being as kind of a sell the news type of event. Um, we saw a spike up now at the time of recording anyway, we're at, um, I believe, 46K for for um, Bitcoin. So yeah. a little down from kind of the highs. I think it I think I, high jinxed it. I, I, I opened up my screen today expecting to see some kind of huge sell off because Everybody was like the news is selling the news, selling the news, selling the news. Well, the news was yesterday. So I, I don't know why it didn't sell. It's weird. So then I put that out and it immediately started selling. So, um, which is perfect. Um, uh, I own that, but I, I was just, I was a little surprised because after Bitto launched, there was somewhat of a selling of the news. Now that was a really, that is still the top actually. That was like top of the cycle. Back that was the in top like of the cycle. 2017? Yeah. Maybe we'll be there now. But what I, mm. I, I've been asked a couple of questions about this, the, the 1.5 billion that's in the spot Bitcoin ETFs today, all that's going to be buys. Like they have to buy Bitcoin with that money. But the GBTC volume is probably outflows only, right? So they are kind of canceling each other out today. So even though the volume is really good, because there's activity, you want volume long term. It's good, healthy sign. This is a situation where you are having outflows from GBTC, inflows in all these, and it's netting out to probably zero. So the other parts of the price of Bitcoin are probably people doing other things. I don't know if the ETFs are going to move the price given that canceling out of those flows today. They're about even. So anyway, all this is um, a little hard to totally read. Zo zooming out, are... Are you a subscriber to the belief that this just opens up a big pipe, a big bandwidth of capital into Bitcoin and into crypto? No, like if you look at sort of the you know, the next 12 months, let's say, because that's been part of the the bull case that we, we could see this. I don't know. What's the size of this? Do you, do you think we get 
uh, Bitcoin to you tens of billions of dollars inside of an ETF? Um, well, what, what's your time frame? Let's do the next year, 12 months. Yeah. I mean, Grayscale's got 30 already. Some of that will leave, but they'll probably be at least left with 10 by then. So let's just X Grayscale out. They're a unique case. Will the rest have 10 billion? I'd say yeah. iShares is gonna is already gonna be over a billion in flows tonight. So and it looks like Fidelity is gonna be half a billion. Um, Bitwise is at 56 million. Arc at 177. Again, you add this up, you're looking at a billion or two tonight already. And so we have 11 months and ETFs are the vehicle of choice for many investors. So I would say 10 billion in non-GBTC assets is totally possible. I wouldn't be surprised. You throw GBTC in, I think you go to 20 or 25 because GBTC, again, remember, has 30 right now. Does does GBTC just convert to an ETF? It did. It, is, it did. It is that ETF happened today. as well. It, it transitioned. Okay, so transition. But you're not counting that as a launch, even though it is still an ETF just because no, it's been in existence for so long. It'd be like, um, I don't know, counting like, it's like steroids or something. I don't know. It's yeah. not, it's, um, I don't know. I've just watched ETF launches my whole career. And a true ETF launch, again, you're starting out with nothing in this terror dome. And so I really discount how hard it is. So if, uh, depending on the category, like if, um, I don't know, a cybersecurity thematic ETF gets like 10 million in trading in the first day, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Because it's hard to get trading on the first day. This is hyped up. So I'm going to raise my bar for this, but it's already cleared it in my do, opinion. Do you think so. we could flip in gold ETFs? What do you mean? Oh, you assets mean in gold assets? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it would take a couple of years, I think. GL, gold ETFs are like 90 billion, I think. So if, with, if Grayscale is 30 now, you're looking at another 20, but maybe Grayscale sees some flows. Like I said, I, I would look at that as a five-year goal, okay. not a one-year though. So Eric, last 60 seconds we have. Yeah, I know you got to jump. Um, final question is, we got we got a spot Bitcoin ETF, okay? How about the spot Ether ETF? You know, markets are always forward-looking, and so we're looking at the future. And I recall a time where you and James said maybe 70%, something like that, probability in uh, 2024. How's your prediction now? What do you, do you think we get this over under and what what percentage? Well, James and I haven't put our our full our full forces behind investigating this, but my my logic and it's probably pretty solid and from everything I've heard, if they were approved ether futures, they they kind of have to approve spot or they get sued. They could get sued. Huh. And maybe Grayscale wants to convert their ether trust and is like, look, we don't want to, you know, just talk to them. Hey, we don't want to sue you. You have to approve these because the same rationale would apply if you you let Bitcoin futures out, you got sued, and then you have to do spot Bitcoin. You let Ether futures out. Well, you, I, it just seems like ipso facto, they kind of have to do it at this point. Any coin beyond that, definitely way more up for debate. But I would be optimistic not like 95% at all or anything like that, maybe a little over, you know, half, maybe up to 70% that they will approve this. Also, remember who was the first one to file and who's like um, final deadline is in May, BlackRock. Um, BlackRock, BlackRock is, has filed for an Ethereum ETF. Yeah, yes. so, and like if, if it was some random, like no name issue, or I'd be a little more pessimistic, but again, they're not dumb, you know, they got this done, you know, they're looking at the next one. Um, so I would... 
probably hitched my opinion a little bit to BlackRock in this case. Um, and they haven't filed any others. There was that fake XRP filing. But if they did that, I'd, I'd look at it more seriously. But for now, I'm just, I think those, this one and then the Ether, and then I just don't see anything for a while. Amazing. But Eric, thank you so much. Congrats. And thank you so much for your coverage on the, uh, the crypto ETFs. We'll be bringing you on to speculate more about the Ethereum ETF in the future, if you're willing. So uh, it's been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, take care. Uh, Bankless Nation, got to end with this, of course. Risks and disclaimers. Crypto is risky. You guys know that. Uh, you could lose what you put in. But we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone. But we're glad you're with us on the Bankless journey. Thanks a lot. Mantle, formerly known as BitDAO, is the first DAO-led Web3 ecosystem, all built on top of Mantle's first core product, the Mantle Network, a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 built using the OP stack, but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle Network's gas fees by 80%, but it also reduces gas fee volatility, providing a more stable foundation for Mantle's applications. The Mantle Treasury is one of the biggest DAO-owned treasuries, which is seeding an ecosystem of projects from all around the Web3 space for Mantle. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded, like Game7 for Web3 Gaming and Bybit for TVL and Liquidity and OnRamps. So if you want to build on the Mantle network, Mantle is offering a grants program that provides milestone-based funding to promising projects that help expand, secure, and decentralize Mantle. If you want to get started working with the first DAO-led Layer 2 ecosystem, check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xMantle. Arbitrum is the leading Ethereum scaling solution that is home to hundreds of decentralized applications. Arbitrum's technology allows you to interact with Ethereum at scale with low fees and faster transactions. Arbitrum has the leading DeFi ecosystem, strong infrastructure options, flourishing NFTs, and is quickly becoming the Web3 gaming hub. Explore the ecosystem at portal.arbitrum.io. Are you looking to permissionlessly launch your own Arbitrum Orbit chain? Arbitrum Orbit allows anyone to utilize Arbitrum's secure scaling technology to build your own Orbit Orbit chain, giving you access to interoperable, customizable permissions with dedicated throughput. Whether you're a developer, an enterprise, or a user, Arbitrum Orbit lets you take your project to new heights. All of these technologies leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum. Experience Web3 development the way it was always meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. Visit Arbitrum.io and get your journey started in one of the largest Ethereum communities. Celo is the mobile-first, EVM-compatible, carbon-negative blockchain built for the real world. And now, something big is happening. Introducing the Celo Layer 2. It's a game-changing proposal that's going to bring Celo's rapidly growing ecosystem home to Ethereum. Vitalik has shared his excitement for the Celo Layer 2 on the Celo forum. So has Ben Jones from Optimism. But why? The Celo Layer 2 will bring huge advantages, like a decentralized sequencer, off-chain data availability, and one block finality. What does all that mean? Rock-solid security, a trustless bridge to Ethereum, and more real real-world use cases for Ethereum without compromise. And real-world adoption is happening. Active addresses on Celo have grown over 500% in the last six months. With the Celo Layer 2, gas fees will stay low and you can even pay for gas using ERC-20 tokens. But Celo is a community-governed protocol. This means that Celo needs you to weigh in and make your voice heard. Join the conversation in the Celo forum. Follow at Celo.org on Twitter and visit Celo.org to shape the future of Ethereum. 